Hello, Nick here from the Pulling Teeth podcast. I'm wearing a sweater. Listen, um, there's some weird audio issues uh, this week, partly because I was recording in a weird uh, setting and partly because the computers in my house were going absolutely mental, so there's fans going off and stuff like that. So if you do hear some weird background noise, it's our end, not yours. It should be resolved for next week, but thought I'd give you a shout. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember the rest yeah. of the words, but vague reference to something Aquaman. that neither of us know yeah. that well. So yeah, how are you? Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. all right as usual. Yeah, everything's fine. Right. Still working. Still, still moving on. Still, I don't know moving what you on. want from me at this point. You're still moving on. Still, leaving you know, all your past Keep behind. on trucking. No more lasagna. No. No more. <laughs> no. I've been having weird craving for lasagna. My oven's packed up, and I've, I've never cooked lasagna. I've had microwave really? lasagna, but that's like soup, isn't it? So. Oh, if you can make a bolognese, like lasagna's piss simple. Oh yeah, it's just like, it's not like I haven't been intimidated by it, Steve. It's just uh, not been on my. Uh, no, but it just seems. It seems no, it just seems weird. Uh, I don't know, like. So, like, if I make a bolognese, I always make tons of it. So it's weird for me to not have tried something that's just using a bolognese mix just because I'll use it for the rest of the week. And, like, so you'll end up having lasagna yeah. at some point just to use it up. I just don't really do pasta, really. Ah, uh, right. Uh, See, I was never much of a list. pasta guy, but Vic's fucking loves it. So it Nothing to blame on your wife. Got me, into, got me into eating it more. It's definitely not my favourite carb. What's your favourite no, carb? What? What is your favourite carb? <laughs> Probably <laughs> potatoes. Potato. Oh, what a lovely little potato. You can grow a potato. You can nurture it. You can raise it. <laughs> I don't know what a favourite carb is. I guess sugar, right? Sugar, Sugar's yes. a carb. But like... Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would, oh, like count? Just from uni, I would probably have said rice for you just because of the amount that you actually fucking ate it. Well, pasta was my big thing at uni, wasn't it? I used to eat uh, 10 kilos a week. Uh, I'm just that? remembering the rice cooker, the steamer. You used to shove just barrels of fucking rice in it. I think that was more uh, when I went down to London. Yeah, when you, I know. When you were right, living in the circus. Steamer. I had a steamer in, in Oxford Street, mm. wherever it was. But yeah, I was big, I was, pasta was my thing at uni. So I ate so much that I never ate it again. I was just like, no, it's not a, not a, not a good thing for me. So if someone tells me, like, eat loads of pasta, that's how you bulk up. I then eat all the pasta... <laughs> And uh, it just doesn't work. Well, it's not true. I've got a very disciplined it's a, it's mind. a good way to get fat. Well, it's it, in terms of bulking up, like you need to eat a ridiculous amount of carbs to keep up with the training. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm blessed and cursed with a disciplined mind. I think was like I can focus on something, <laughs> and it's like, well, if you eat a lot of pasta, I'll eat all the pasta I can possibly fit. Yeah. And that's just it's just a big no. <laughs> I'm big naturally anyway, so just yeah. roll with it. So that's your favourite pasta? No, <laughs> My favourite carb. My favourite carb. New segment. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. No, yeah. Still, I think sugar for me. I, I, had a, I had a doctor's, another doctor's appointment uh, this morning, actually, where I just get phoned up by a doctor. Says, what the, f- what's, what now? Oh, is this the same guy, the guy in his house? Yeah, he wasn't in his house anymore. He now moved up to, uh, I don't know, he's better. 
He's recovered. He's in the garden. His baby's not crying anymore. Is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he gave me a ring today and uh, got, got to go for a lot of blood tests and stuff like that. But they was asked, like, what's my uh, diet and exercise like? So, oh, it's pretty boring. They're like, oh, do you drink? It was like, no, not really. So, oh, it's interesting to meet somebody who doesn't drink. So, well, you know, sugar's my, my drug. And I've done more drinking of sugar than I think any alcoholic's ever done of alcohol. So... Yeah, but I'm I think clean. That's fair. Three days clean or two days clean? A few days clean. I, what, I, but you were you were you clean shouldn't. last time we talked. Had you relapsed? I was. Yeah. You relapsed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always. And it's just it's just one one little thing, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I think I'll just uh, I think I'll just collapse. Yeah. And collapse back into the old. Uh, but it's just you for procrastinating away from taking responsibility. I find it so which, strange when there's nothing to do. <laughs> It's very easy to do. Like, I, okay, so I've I find it pretty um, pretty easy to relapse from habits of which there's no real consequence of not of of, of doing. But like, for, but with you for sugar, for example, like I could I could if if I was eating healthy, I can relapse pretty quickly. There's no real consequence to it apart from like maybe I feel a bit crappy about myself. But if I was gonna feel like I was hungover from relapsing for a week. That would be mm. enough to put me off doing it. But so does that mean that you don't drink anymore? No, I do. But like, right. it's that that thought enters in as to, as to a decision as to whether I want to drink or not. Well, it's uh, it's a for me. It's uh, there's no direct correlation between um, uh, sh- sugar intake and diabetic reaction for me. I don't know whether that's a good sign. But, like, I can eat a load of sugar and I'll be fine, or I can eat no sugar and I can be terrible. Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of like a big old roll of the dice. Um, just to kind of see. And when I've been perfect on health and exercise, just mood has affected my uh, my uh, brain, I guess. Mm. So it's like my whole big bag of mess, you know. No point trying to manage a big bag of mess. Well, there's times where you think, fuck it, I'm just going to indulge. And it's always that weird... Um, uh, it's gonna f- well, not even not with sugar, but like you think it's gonna feel bad and then it'll start to feel good. Whereas it's just like crack. I've explained it before. If you see a baby drinking a bottle of pure breast milk, it's so happy, <laughs> right? I have that with cherry coke. Yeah, it's just my body reacts just to be like, oh my god, so much power. <laughs> so and it's just it's just a big sugar rush. Does it d- does it trigger other relapses for you? Like, are you are you smoking again, for example? No, but uh, if I was smoking, then I would certainly be drinking uh, sugar. Yeah, it's just—it's not necessarily the other way around. But smoking's like the big. Oh yeah, well if you're gonna do this, might smoking's as well just ruin the big fuck it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which again is not something that's enjoyable. It's—it's—it's it's, it's just another one of those weird, depressant drugs mm. that you seem to crave from time to time. Same thing with voices in your head. I think I can't remember whether I talked about it before. But, like, I've never experienced a monologue voice in my head, but I've noticed a narrative, like a subconscious narrative ripple through me. So if I have, like, a, a deep, dark, uh, sad thought, mm. I'll have a reaction to it, but I won't hear the conscious reaction. It'll just be like, it's really fucked up that you're thinking this. Yeah, I don't know and if we've had this conversation, like but, like, that, apparently that's two types of people, the type that have got the voice and the type that haven't. But you just, I mean, I've always thought it's, you don't speak as fast as you think. No. So, like, if you do have that spoken in a monologue, 
either you're imagining it and it's going through very fast, or you're thinking at a speech, at the pace that you talk, which is quite slow for me. Well, I think that's the. Th- I think that's the thing. It's like I, I always. I kind of relate that back to reading. I've always thought my reading speed is is quite slow, but actually my reading speed is is about as quickly as I talk. Like and uh, I th- so I, and I've seen people that are like just burning through pages and pages, and I'm just like I like if I talk that fast, I I don't I I can't like I'm not I'm I'm not speaking coherent sentences. I'm I'm not thinking about mm. what I'm saying, and I so and. and uh, Conversely, I can't read that fast either because I read as though I'm talking. Like, and if if mm. it, maybe it depends how you how you use your mind's eye. Like, I think very much in imagery. So when I'm reading a book, I don't re- necessarily read the words or hear the words. I ca- it, it kind of becomes like a cartoon that's running in my mind. Mm. So like, I, I would read at the I would read at the pace that uh, I see stuff on television. But then television obviously speaks as fast as you speak. Yeah. But yeah, it would be run as some kind of cartoon in my mind, as opposed to hearing the words really. So maybe it depends on how you, what's your primary interpretation? Maybe it's audio. Mm. You hear things more. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Good week. You said working. You've been the voice in your head been stopping you from reading books or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was a that was a by the by. Um, well, about three pages into the King James Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get any further. Yeah, just tell me you did it. Get, let's get it over with. Um, yeah. yeah, no. Well, I think it's like it's just uh, that's why I got focus on so many things as well. That's part of the uh, um, uh, when m- managing multiple different tasks. If they're all very intense, like exercise, I can get really or in depth in like a really big story that I can kind of dive my mind into. I find lots of energy diving, uh, jumping around, my, my brain zipping all over the place. But if I'm watching something quite boring or I'm doing something quite slow paced. It feels like I'm just playing badminton with a corpse, you know, just like a donk, and then slowly, and then what's going on? And then, you know, it's just, I, don't, I can't get into it, I get bored by it. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe bad, maybe corpse badminton is why I think in uh, images. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So yeah, you, you were reading the Bible, go on. I, I wasn't. You weren't. Um, no. jeez, oh, loser. No, no Bible oh, yeah. reading. How about you? Are you, uh, no are you remaining sane? Vaguely, vaguely, I'll be honest. Uh, as we speak and as we record now, which is uh, Thursday the 7th, uh, there's rumoured to be an announcement coming on Sunday from, from Mr. Boris. Yeah. Saying that there's going to be starting, they're going to start easing the lockdown measures. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is stupid. Like, it's just, just stay on lockdown until everything's gone. But there's part of me that's like, the little glimmer of hope that I keep deep down in my pocket. I've just been like, oh, you know, might be able to go for a swim sometime soon. Yeah, well, to be fair, there's, there's, there's a girl that I work with, um, and she's on... Are you are you on the serious list? I don't know. I've, you don't I'm know. I'm not returning the NHS's call. All right. <laughs> so you could be, but it's <laughs> Pandora's box, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, she's on the serious list, um, right. and uh, government guidelines have apparently said... Uh, st- uh, uh, well, our, our company that's following them have said that uh, anyone on the serious list has got to remain in lockdown until uh, or furloughed or whatever until at yeah. least the thirtieth of June. So it's like another mm. fucking nearly nearly two months. Yeah, I don't think I'm on that serious serious list. Yeah. I'm on a vulnerable list, but not the really vulnerable. Yeah, 
The Expendable List. That's what I'm on. Uh, <laughs> you think anyone will notice? Nah. <laughs> His dog's not as they're hungrier. It's yeah. weird. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's going to go down in stages or whatever, if it goes changes at all. Apparently it's... Bec- the rumour is apparently been spread because Boris has told friendly newspapers this, but won't confirm nor deny. It's like, f- what weird political media game do you want to play right now? I'm only going to tell the friendly papers. Yeah, which I'm assuming has to be like the Tory-leaning papers or the papers that his family is betrothed to yeah. or something like that. And it's just like, well, then why are you waiting till Sunday if you've already told the papers? Well, we haven't told the papers publicly. Okay, well, then people are just going to overreact this weekend. It's a bank holiday tomorrow. Yeah. You know, people are going to go out and do stuff because they'll be like, well, on Sunday, everything's going to be revealed to everything's okay. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, still relatively sane, but still got some, uh, definitely still got some cabin fever. And there's part of me that's really looking forward to it being over, even at the prospect of like, oh, it might be mentioned that there might be some unlocking of uh, lockdown going on. But it's all it's going to be boring stuff. It's going to be the it's going to be the fucking bug roll all over again, though. Like, you're not actually going to be able to do everything because everywhere is going to be full. Right. As in, like, if they open up the restaurants, yeah. they'll be fully booked. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Just don't go to the swimming baths, all right? They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I'll go to the sea. I don't care. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You could the do whales. that. I don't know. God, I need, a, I need a bath that's big enough for me to swim in. I need a swimming pool. I'm surprised bath, you haven't garden. bought like a big inflatable thing considering you don't really do anything with your garden. Well, you know, one, I've got a dog. So, like, dog the would dog love does it. exercise in the garden. An inflatable, an expensive inflatable mixed with a playful dog. <laughs> Let's do it. It doesn't have to be um, expensive. Well, well more, more than 50 quid, is what yeah. I would probably yeah. say. Yeah. And then management and chlorine plus dog. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it, it's that my whole mentality of if I'm going to do it, I'll do it right and I'll spend £7,000 on a hot tub <laughs> that needs to be custom built yeah. and then managed every week it's, or month or whatever. I'd be like, no. And I. In order for me to spend money on it, I've got to fit in it. And it's just like, yeah. I don't fit in average things. Just because of height, let alone width. Just like, I couldn't, like, I can't, I couldn't relax in your hot tub as much as I would like to relax, for example. Yeah. It's nice to chill in, but if I wanted to relax, I'd be like, same with massages. I have to get massages from weird, crime-ridden family, <laughs> mafia, Thai places, you know, in order to feel anything yeah. in my life. So. Yeah, and in order to relax, I need a level of intensity that requires a large budget and a plan <laughs> relax we need a whole we need funding for this we need to do something but that's i decided that's what i would do if um when lockdown was over is go away on, on like a health spa thing yeah that's what i would uh prefer yeah but as you say it could be uh help out the economy yeah well, you've got to pay for it as but, opposed to going to the beach yeah but i'm still been working and paying income tax yeah. and all that shit yeah Always helping, never stopping. Mm. But yeah, so uh, so yeah. Given this lockdown, uh, given that I'd say we're probably halfway through. If this is the start where it's going to start easing down, maybe would you uh, go through this whole event again next year? Idris Elba wants to. Why? Uh, just to see, uh, for memories. <laughs> I'm, I'm nostalgic like, about that time we couldn't fucking do anything. All, all those people died. Oh, it's like yeah, being no, nostalgic about the Great Depression. Like, <laughs> it's a good time. This is great. No, can't afford like anything. Year. Can't get any carrots. 
<laughs> started trying to eat seasonally, which is uh, yeah. the whole thing. Uh, no, yeah, I think he said he wanted to do like a week every year where they just lived in lockdown to like, because a lot of people have seen this as a good thing, which I'm sure right, a lot of I people underst- have seen this as a good thing, but it doesn't mean it is. It just I understand means that, has happened. that um, in the same sense that I understand people who take like technology breaks like they'll yeah. like they'll as in like they'll put their phone down for a month or something like that like i i get it um i don't know why you'd lock yourself in your house for a, for that for that long like yeah. i don't i don't think i don't think really like mentally there's anything beneficial from it like why not just go away somewhere remote with your family like particularly if you're a disabled and you can afford to <laughs> especially if you well why just lock yourself in your house it doesn't it doesn't make yeah. sense well, I think it's like close the country for a week. It's like, you know, to slow down or whatever. Damage the economy briefly permanently for a week every year. Yeah, it'll pick up on either side, would it? It'd be fine. <laughs> but given that, given that Idris Elba wanted to do it, is this something that you've, uh, you've, the lockdown whole thing's been advantageous? Have you seen any benefits? Would you do it again? To be honest, uh, no. Like, because... no. My my working life and everything hasn't really changed. And before that, the only time I really left the house was to work. Like, we'd go to the pub, like, maybe once a week, maybe every other week or something like that. But we didn't really eat out much. Like, it, I, it hasn't really changed things socially, aside from the fact that if I want to see people, I can't. Mm. But... Yeah, I guess... Uh, you said it before, and I've always kind of, I guess, assumed that you were more you know, human, uh, but there's, you're not very sociable at all. We'll put it that way. If you're saying like, you probably, you used to go like once a week and now with the lockdown, it's like, oh, once a week, once a fortnight. That's not I'm really a, a social camel. Not really a thing. I get my fill and then I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Whereas, yeah, I guess I'm just, uh, uh, even though I'm quite, um, inside, I'd still go out quite a lot, mm. I guess. Something I've always put it aside to is oh, I'm, I'm very antisocial, but I'm a very social person deep down. I like think, I'd make friends with my neighbours, maybe, um, if I wasn't in such a horrible mood all the time. <laughs> I think it's uh, like I've I've got no problem being social. I just don't yearn for it. Like if someone suggests mm. something, like I'll happily do something every day or every other day or what the fuck ever. But like I, if 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 that opportunity doesn't come about, like it doesn't make me sort of like start to itch and feel like I'm missing out or that I need to go mm. and see people or anything. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't have that thirst. I'm very comfortable alone. <laughs> but I guess if you think about that from uni, um, I'd be active every day and would usually try and invite you out to things yeah. that you would come out to, but you'd just as happily you know, stay at home alone. Or yeah, whatever. and it's not that I'm uncomfortable yeah. around people. I'm not that kind of, like, introvert. I think I'm a perfectly acceptably social person when I'm about. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I, like, I don't... Let's go to this pub that's too loud for human ears. The thing is, like, <laughs> I, d- I, don't, I don't like calling myself an introvert because I think I'm a perfectly acceptable level of social when I'm out. Like, I don't think I seem awkward or, like, uncomfortable most of the time. Um mm. Like, which I think is traditionally what you think of an introvert as being. Like, you're around a lot of people and you're not comfortable. Like, I'm, I'm not like that. I think I'm just, I'm, I'm perfectly happy being alone. And I'm perfectly functional amongst other people as well. 
Mm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Yeah, I, well, I think... Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, I think what I'm, what I'm saying is that, uh, yeah, if, you have a, if you're not a particularly social person and then suddenly loads of social restrictions are put down upon you, it's not going to um, affect you that much. Yeah. And there is a whole other thing. I mean, I think... Uh, I mean, do you... <laughs> I've been I've been pushing the, the the line a little bit forward each week. Uh, but do you love your wife? I mean, yes. Well, that's that, yeah. that I was going to say. That's the caveat in that yeah. I don't every sort of like bit of that social thing that could possibly pop up where I'm like, no, oh, I need to. I, I really could do with talking to someone. Like I live with my best friend. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. So maybe that hasn't had a chance to kind of. Start, start yeah. getting to me. I think, like I said before, the biggest thing for me is being energy release. Um, just, you know, I've just got, I think I've already got quite a high level of energy that I need to get out anyway, just from years of trauma and rage. <laughs> um, but like you get, you don't realize where that energy gets expended. Obviously, I, you know, when I come around your house, now there's a little bit more understanding of this is why I ridicule your collection of porcelain statues <laughs> or whatever. You know, this is why I'm confused why you've got like a little packet of pepper that you don't put in a fucking pepper thing. I don't know what it is, right? What? But there's energy that gets uh, expelled, like expended yeah. in those little violent bits of rage. Same as driving around, yelling at people, you know, burying people in uh, unmarked graves, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you don't really realise where it comes out. And I think uh, conversation... Um, is uh, a huge subconscious way because like energy doesn't have to be like violent aggressive conversation but just getting energy out that way I think is uh, uh, something that I didn't realise before like it's a way of like managing yourself so the fact that you're with somebody that you're already uh, intimate with on an emotional level you've still got that valve to um, converse socialise to kind of have that with so, yeah, and I'm and I'm still going to work in which I see people every day. Yeah, that's true. Um, I've got a few friends who are furloughed and they don't work from home, and they're like even just working in an office is like an office that maybe you know they don't usually like. It would just be nice to be around people again. I think that's a that's a, a big thing. I don't think like eating in a restaurant, although there's a weird thinking of like I wonder what it's going to be like when you next go to a restaurant and it's busy. Oh, did you hear about the cinemas? Odeon Cinemas? No. Uh, I had it marked as an article last week, but I forgot about it. Um, I think it's Odeon, but one of the large cinema um, in the UK have um, banned all, I think, Universal Studios films from ever being shown in their cinemas anymore. I should look that up, really. But yeah, so because all these film premieres are being postponed and pushed back and all that, the um, film... um, production houses have said they're going to start streaming it to people directly home directly to their homes completely cutting out the cinemas in the middle and they're saying oh we'll still have it for the cinemas but we'll also give it to people at home and I think it was Odeon they've said like oh no fuck you that completely ruins our entire business model so I'm not going to do that well don't have a business model that relies on other people making your shit for you then yeah, but that's kind of just how it is. You know, it's Cineworld and Odeon uh, with regards to Universal. Just looked it up. I, th- yeah, but I, I don't know. I think they should have seen it coming, though. Oh, yeah. Like, particularly as yeah. people's home cinemas have gotten to the point now where they're just ridiculously good. Like, it mm. makes sense 
You do, you, people don't need... The cinemas aren't necessary anymore. It almost feels nostalgic to go to the cinema. More well, so than it does theater. feel necessary. Right. Yeah, it's the same as a theatre with a play, right? Yeah. It's not necessary because like, it's a different experience to go to the cinema than it is to watch it at home. Yeah. The same as it's a different experience to go to see a play rather than watch the film adaptation of that play. Yeah. Whatever. So I think it would still be there, but it's a, it's a bold move to tell... <laughs> like the film companies, oh yeah, we're just not going to show your films anymore because you're just going to stream it. Because what are they going to say? Yeah. All right then, we'll stream it. All right then. Well, we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll make all the profit. Yeah, it felt, it felt like that was a weird nail in their own coffin. Yeah. You know? It's like, well, this is what the rest of them are going to do. Like, there'll still be cinemas for like you know big events, I guess, but they'll be like really, they'll be as they'll be much rarer, I guess. <laughs> we're not. We're, yeah, we're we're, we're not going to show it at the cinema. We're just going to send it straight to the people. Well, well, we won't let you show it at our cinema. All right. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. <laughs> yeah. I guess well, if you're happy, money, I'm, I'm assuming. Happy, so. <laughs> <laughs> It's not me, it's you. It's not you, it's me. I don't know. Yeah. One of those. But yeah, part of me, it feels like it's going to be strange to, if there's still cinemas that exist, go to the cinema, go to a restaurant. I think it's kind of, it's just kind of surrounded a, by those people. It's just kind of a dying model. I don't really know. Yeah. Like, they, they, for years, they made their money on popcorn. That's why the shit's so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Like... But it's a it's, it's kind of like a tradition. It's a, it's a whole event to go to the cinema, I think. So Yeah. Just been kept alive by that and if there's suddenly going to be not as many films there I mean they can still they can still do stuff for the hardcore hobbyists of like I think was it um, was it Empire did it or some I think Cineworld maybe started playing like old films that's it old well that's the thing like, like Jurassic Park that, you know that's what cinemas used to be like it used to be like a curated experience like when you had the, mm. when it was in the 50s and the 60s and that like stuff didn't show up on TV like a film would be in the cinema and then that was that was it. That was your chance to see that film, and now it's gone, until well, they decide uh, to play it again. And then, if like, but it? all the independent theaters, they they have programs. They have programmers that that program an entire season of of, of theater. And some of it will be brand new stuff, but a lot of it will be mm. stuff that's been played before. And it all sit it all sits within within a theme, and it's all this. What was that old Alfred Hitchcock thing when? When he made Psycho, I think it was Psycho, or one of his early films, um, cinemas didn't have start times. Like, you just kind of walked in and out as you wanted. Yeah. And it was kind of something that was in the background. And then, because Hitchcock was such a twat, or whatever, I don't know, <laughs> it was like, you need to sit down and watch, you need to see the beginning, you need to see the end, you need to sit through the whole thing. Yeah. That was the tale we were told at school, anyway. So, it's gone through different evolutions. But that kind, but it feels like... think that, that kind of cinema is still popular. There's, there's a bunch of, like, independent... Um, programmers who will who will put on nights like and th- like just in town like our, our our local town hall puts one on like they'll they do like a whole season of it of opening up like once or twice a week and showing a film mm. and they give you a big list of like here's what's playing and here's when and every single time it's sold out every single time and it's yeah. still like 10 12 quid to get in and it's a film that's been on tv but it is that whole thing of like well we get to sit amongst people that we know and watch it on a big screen with a good sound system and all of that stuff like i think the novelty of being able to do that with old films is cool like to experience those Mm. films in an environment that you haven't seen them in like it makes sense and i think if if these change decided to switch more to that of showing stuff that like because a lot of them have been playing stuff that's more exclusive to them like doing like live concerts and things like that 
Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of model works. Like that's 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 interesting. That's not a luxury, but it's it's um, it's it's just it's different. Same with the the World Cup and Olympics as well. They do like live events. Yeah. You you've got to. I think you. It's almost like yeah. But it's almost like going to a gig. You need to give an audience a sense of I don't want to miss out on this. Uh, This this opportunity might not come round again. Um, And you don't have that from if if you're just playing the same film that everybody else is playing, and Mm. that same film is going to be out on DVD in a month's time or whatever. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, but at that point, when it comes to uh, like a new film that's come out, it's just they'll play it until people aren't paying to go see it anymore. Mm. Um, so they're just going to have to play it in that schedule. And then once everybody's seen it, they'll stop playing it. Yeah. So then they'll just do something different with it, I guess. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, this feels like a really strong step in the wrong direction for cinemas. It was a, it's, a, it's a stupid thing to say. Like, it's a, it's a very, yeah. it seems like a very dumb thing to do business-wise. Because there were there would have been people that would have come to see the film if you said we're going to play it here for a week and that's it. Yeah, but then I guess the asbestos companies were kind of in the same thing, weren't they? They're like, we we love selling asbestos cigarettes. <laughs> like asbestos is never going to go out of fashion. Yeah, it's just like well, you know, black lung or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and did that. But yeah, yeah. There's part of me. That, so yeah, my point was uh, there's part of me that's looking forward to going out and doing normal things around a community of people. So there's part of me that's missed that for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know whether you would. It's important to note what's changed because of all this that's gone on. I mean, all the natural phenomena that have happened and just uh, what was that? That was like the water turning clear. Jellyfish are in the. Vienna, Vienna canals. Yeah, monkeys are terrorizing Thailand. That's the thing I like. I like the idea of like of it being of it, like living in California or something, and and it being a thing of like, well, don't go outside straight away because there might be a mountain lion, yeah, yeah. or like somewhere else there yeah, there like could be a bear. So you know, don't go out straight away. There's fucking coyotes like roaming around and shit. Yeah, like it's definitely a jolt to the system. Yeah, I think. I think as well as like people taking a lot of stuff for granted, like socialising, like being outside, and then suddenly they're inside for six weeks and they're being forced to, yeah. should hopefully evoke a nicer message when they go out into the world. Although there's people still going out and ignoring lockdown and stuff. and I, know, It feels like, around here, I don't know how it is around you, around here it seems like things are getting busier. Again, traffic and more people out and about and everything. I think people are just I getting antsy and saying yeah. fuck it anyway and just going out. Yeah, I've noticed anything different. To the be thing fair. is, like if say, everybody does it, the shop. police can't do anything. There's too many people. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. And then there's there's a whole different way you can interpret this. I know people are still compl- saying like, you know, the this whole thing isn't that bad. You know, the flu kills more people. It's like, well, that's that's an argument that's completely unrelated. You can have that discussion. That's perfectly sort of normal thing to discuss about how deadly this pandemic has been. But trying to compare the two to try and give your your unique perspective about how um, this has actually all been really fine and um, overreaction. You go like, I don't think it was an overreaction if there was a thousand people dying every single day. I think that seems like a, if a thousand people are dying every single day by something that's being spread. If you stand within two meters of each other, it doesn't seem like an overreaction to get people to stand two meters away from each other. Yeah. For a little bit in the grand scheme of things, you know, two months, something like that. I can't remember where we are. 
It's just in there, I, like sure. I mean, I I I like to think I'm like well read on certain like scientific subjects and things like that, but I'm not a fucking idiot. Like I know I'm no expert on anything, but trying to convince other people that they're not medical experts and that their mate Dave doesn't have the answer, like yeah. is 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 difficult, man. Because well, no one wants to admit that they're stupid. Yeah. It's good to question. It's good to ask questions and yeah. question the situation you're in. But, like, there's a period of everyone's life where they go through challenging absolutely everything for the sake of challenging absolutely everything and carrying it through. Same thing as, uh, like I said before, I think really black and white about pretty much everything. There was a conversation recently about, uh, I was watching about abortion. And I, I just think about it in a very black and white way, but I think everyone looks at all these kind of subjects as if, like COVID, like abortion, like all this, that there's one answer. And there's just one answer, and we need to find out what that answer is. And when we find that answer... Everyone hey, will be happy. We're done. Yeah, we can just move on. Like, like when, no. is a, when is a fetus become a baby? There must be a point. You go like, no, there's no exact specific points that anyone can agree on. So how about we just say, if it's inside you, then it's a fetus, and if it's outside, it's a baby. Yeah, but then you're killing something inside. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're completely right. You are. It's not nice. But in terms of understanding... In terms of the, the law, logistics of it... Like... Yeah, you go... Like, murder. Murder isn't... isn't uh, the answer to murder... Uh, murder is not, by definition, a bad thing. There are loads of people who love murder. There's loads of people who dislike murder. Depends on the murder. You know, same with rape. Same with assault. Same with everything. It's not that all murder is, is unanimously wrong and bad. If somebody murders a serial... If a, if a non-serial killer murders a serial killer... There's less, ser- there's less killing, right? So that's a good bird. Yeah. So the same I'd, thing with abortion. It's like it's just. I it's, might be wrong. We, like, we've defined it as something. I, I think the rape one is pretty unanimous. No, because depending on the context about how, how you define rape, everyone's going to define rape in a different way. There was an right. argument that if you say someone's name in the, with the wrong inflection, then you're somehow sexually assaulting them. And okay. Therefore all right. Okay. Yeah. Rape. In that context. But yeah, that makes sense. Any, but I, I, um, and I, I wish I took a photo of it, but a while, a long time ago, I did look into the police definition, the UK police definition of rape. And it happened to be, um, I think, only applicable to, uh, in, like, first degree rape was only applicable to women and second degree rape was maybe applicable to men. So even within the definitions of it, it varies depending on the context. Yeah. So it's not unanimous. It's like this is not going to be always going to be right. Same as uh, kissing an unconscious woman is, is, is rape always. You go, maybe, maybe not. Not appropriate. The definition it's is penetrative rape. sex. Exactly, but it depends on everyone's, yeah. depends on your definition. So you just go, same with abortion. There is one definition of what it is, and that doesn't mean that all instance, instances of it are good and all instances are bad. You just go, well, that's where the line's drawn. It's drawn at birth. Yeah, but, you know, conception... Yeah, I, I understand. But in terms of working with this in a practical sense, you have to accept that, yes, there's going to be some pregnancies that are terminated that are going to be bad and people are going to be upset. It's going to be the wrong decision. But it's going to be a legal decision. I don't understand. Mm. I don't know. That's a whole complex issue that probably needs a lot more thinking about. Yeah. But my, my, this, my, my point was that um, there's always, like, a clear line in the sand and just because that line is, is drawn doesn't mean that one side is right and one side is wrong of that line. Just go, it's just a practicality thing of this is when killing becomes murder. This is when murder becomes manslaughter. It doesn't mean that there's, there's lines in the sand of what these different meanings are. 
doesn't mean that it's a good or a bad thing and that all, you know, manslaughter is better than murder. Well, it doesn't, you don't know. You don't know. It's a whole complicated issue. Don't know how the hell I got on there. No, no, I can't remember and where that it idea that was bubbling around. Mm. Bubbling around for a little bit. Got any it's, news? Uh, let's look. Yeah, let's change the subject, John. <laughs> I've got a tab open. Who are my parents and why was I left on a hillside to die? <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> is this a questionnaire? It's a Facebook old. quiz. <laughs> uh, it's because of uh, another article that I've got later on. It linked onto that one. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I found an interesting article this week. Uh, a female llama hidden at a secret location in Belgium could hold the key to conquering the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? Female llama. Yeah, there's a llama in Belgium uh, in a secret location that could be the cure. We went, we, we, we tried Tom Hanks. Yeah. I don't know what the results were on that, but now we're on llamas. Tried Tom llama, Hanks, tried his wife, Winter. now we're trying a llama. And <laughs> it's, that, uh, it's that evolution of man when it goes from <laughs> Tom Hanks to llama. Uh, the llama, which is called Winter, is central part of a vital research undertaken by US and Belgian scientists. She's healthy and she's about five years old, said Dr. Bert Chapens of Ghent. Uh, researchers are declining to reveal information about the animal's whereabouts. We'd like to keep her as anonymous as possible to prevent anything happening to her. Anonymous llama? Want... <laughs> yeah, it's a secret llama in a secret location with the secret <laughs> cure to a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, they've identified a tiny particle that appears to block the deadly virus. The potential vaccine could also prevent the condition of people with the virus from worsening, if the research proves successful. It then goes on to say, if you'd like to continue reading, please subscribe to The Telegraph for £3 a week. So if you want to know anything else about this world-saving, coronavirus-defeating, secret Belgian llama, you've got to pay £3 a week. Uh, You see, the llama only speaks to friendly papers, so... Yeah, well, you know, you've got to keep everything in mind a paywall, you know what I mean? You don't want everyone learning about that everything's going to be yeah. fine and that this llama's going to save the day. Yeah. So, so yeah, something, 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 a llama could save us all. I'm sure if it's important, it'll, it'll be out. Like, it's not going to be remain behind a paywall forever. <laughs> we found the cure, and uh, we're, yeah. we're only going to give it to official Telegraph subscribers. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so we're going to measure it. But yeah, who knew? Um, I thought it was weird that Tom Hanks could save us. It could be that a llama could save us. Mm. Elsewhere in the news, a woman who dug up an unexploded World War II bomb in her garden said she threw it across the lawn for her dog before she realised what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That could have ended so differently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking digging... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the possibilities. Just, this seems so harsh. Lulu Cirillo, 49, was gardening at her home in Weymouth when her spade struck a bomb ten inches below the earth. She thought it was a big stone and took it inside before taking it to Facebook and asked people what they thought it was. The bomb was detonated on the beach about 9pm last Saturday. Uh, she said she dug it up. She thought it, uh, that she could play fetch with her dog with it, might want to play with it. She threw it. It was muddy. And then she took it into her kitchen to clean it with a Brillo pad. Just a... <laughs> just a 49-year-old woman scrubbing a bomb with a Brillo pad uh, to, some, like, to try and get a better idea of what it was. Then she posted it on Facebook. And Facebook told her, that's a bomb. <laughs> uh, so she called the police. <laughs> Why? What? Uh, like... 
I, I, maybe I have a kind of a cartoony idea of what a bum looks like, but it doesn't seem like something that you'd be like, I could play fetch with that. <laughs> yeah. A big clump of metal. Well, yeah, but it's going to have, like, you know, loads of mud attached oh, to I it. Thought it's not it I be thought it was an ancient like nerf. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, from the, you know, from the 40s, it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be somewhat like rusty and you're not really going to see it you could, uh, to, de- to decipher that from another piece of rusty metal I think you could probably say I don't know it could be anything could be a bit of a spitfire could yeah be but a you bit know a, it's a bit a of bomb. rusty metal why are you throwing it at your dog well you know dogs know, maybe, <laughs> the, the, maybe the dog's a metal detector I don't know <laughs> but just uh, like right I think I think we, we we always forget, even though it pops up at least once or twice a year, that there's just unexploded bombs in England everywhere. Yeah. Um, just l- l- lying around that people are mistaken for tennis balls or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> mistaken for squeaky toys oh, or whatever. <laughs> it feels like a scene from Three Lions. Yeah, pretty much. But just cleaning it in your kitchen. <laughs> oh, I better get this bomb clean. <laughs> That's all for me uh, for the news this week. Got some audience participation stuff. Yeah, so apparently... Well, well, this is the article from uh, The Guardian. The Red Cross has told the BBC that it wants military-themed video games to adhere to real-life international law. This is The Red Cross... Uh, they want games where you shoot a civilian to result in some kind of military police imprisonment, <laughs> um, some kind of consequence to discourage. <laughs> I was like, there's, there's been loads of this recently about oh, you know, violent video games call, cause high school shootings and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And they're saying that um, video games that represent contemporary battlefields are very close to reality, he said. This is someone from the Red Cross. It's difficult to make out the difference between real footage and the footage you get from video games. What the Red Cross wants to see, then, is the player being penalised for carrying out such actions as willfully killing civilians or torturing enemy combatants. You have been dishonourably discharged. (laughs) (laughs) Game over. It just seems... It's the same argument as violent video games cause shootings. You just go like, there's no science behind this at all. That's like, uh, what are you trying to do? Yeah, but it, it's, it's like it's it's like in, like fucking Minecraft or something. It's like you don't actually have to get a shovel and dig up your living room. That's the point. Yeah. Well, just so I mean, I don't know. It, again, it's just reacting to something with good intentions, but just completely misfiring. Yeah. I mean, when you play Tetris, you know, I don't know. Is there some kind of international law about? Descending blocks of different shapes from the sky. Have you got planning permission do- for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's definitely higher it's than two metres. I, I can understand how somebody who's been um, not desensitised suddenly watching something that is meant for people who are already desensitised. I mean, I know people who still can't watch Casualty because it's got blood in it. Yeah. You know, I know, you know, people who like see, you know, things of gore and swear words. People are still like shocked when people says says a swear word. It's like there's different spectrums of people, yeah. and I can understand how one spectrum might not be able to see the other spectrum's perspective. But the answer to that is not try to control their perspective. No. 
just go, look, this is just, it's a, it's, a, it's a game that has been accepted to be outside of reality, and therefore different things have been suspended. And then that implies that no innocent people are ever killed, mm. because there's an international law. Yeah. No, there's international law, and that law still gets broken. It doesn't mean that, it, it doesn't magically suddenly make the world a better place just means you should have some kind of moral compass and if you're playing a video game i'm not sure whether that's going to affect your moral compass all that much yeah 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 uh it says uh the icrc which is the international uh center for red cross or something is suggesting that as in real life these games should include virtual consequences for people's actions and decisions gamers should be rewarded for respecting the law of armed conflict and should therefore be given virtual penalties for serious violations of the law in other words war crimes our intention is not to spoil the player's envi- enjoyment by, for example, interrupting the game with pop-up messages listing legal provisions or lecturing gamers on the law of armed <laughs> conflict. We'd like to see the law of armed conflict integrated into games so that players have a realistic experience and deal firsthand with the dilemmas of facing real combatants and real battlefields. But is the whole point of it to be realistic? Because if not, then don't. Yeah. Well, again, even if there is an element of being realistic, all that means is it's being a more accurate simulation. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually happening. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> but, like, the, the games that they're on about would never claim to be a simulation. Like, the fact that something looks realistic doesn't mean mm. that the, um, contextually it is realistic. It's not like, it's not like, um, like a city-building game or something where you're like, well, well the taxes in this situation aren't exactly realistic so we can tweak that and people might enjoy it more because they would because that's what they bought the game for but there are military simulators uh, where you do everything is done to be as simulated as possible when it comes to every aspect i've played a few of those and they've been great fun i don't think that's what they're talking about though i think they're thinking of like call of duty and fucking maybe yeah well, if, if, even if it was to extend the olive branch of, hey, how about really realistic military simulators? Stuff like, you know, armour and stuff like that. You just go like, well, you do get... Uh, you're trying to uh, change game design. Mm. The Red Cross is trying to edit game design of game designers yeah. in order to s- kind of set up some kind of moral lesson. Yeah. It just seems like you're going about the wrong thing in the wrong way. And, the, but, and there what are you're worried about is plenty of games that... Um... In, in which you act as a as a character or as an overlord if you're doing like armies and whatever um in which your moral compass is is swayed one way or the other throughout the game based on the decisions that you make so they're not suggesting anything revolutionary they just want it in the context of what they do for a living as opposed to like yeah whatever else and again if it's a story being told that story could well be being told outside of the law it could be an, an outlaw's story that's being told. It could be an experience that you've had that stepped outside the law but gave you a greater understanding of life. It doesn't have to be within these constraints. And if suddenly, if everybody started obeying the law, everything would be fine. It's just a weird... It's a weird... It's not a kind of control thing. They don't... It's just people who aren't desensitised to these video games seeing them and being like, that guy thinks he's actually killing somebody. No, it's just a game, mate. Mm. Chill out. Anyway... Another news uh, from Ord from the audience uh, in Geneva or Geneva, I believe some people might call it. Uh, a Geneva-based private investigator says the number of requests he has received from people wishing to spy on their neighbours has exploded because of lockdown. It went from being like two a year, where they wanted people to like an investigator looking onto the neighbours, to two a week. 
Okay. You know, just like I don't, I don't trust Terry. Can you look into it, please? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Christian Sideris, founder of Cyclop, said that he normally gets around two requests a year, um, but because of the virus, he's receiving two a week. Uh, we have a lot of these type of cases because people are confined and they're on top of each other every single day. Um, one of them was from a guy saying his neighbour was talking too loudly on his phone. Investigate! <laughs> <laughs> Another came from a woman who was mad at the family downstairs for having a child play date. Um, he has rejected all but one case which involved a father who was cheating on his wife with multiple mistresses, which is uh, potentially spreading COVID-19. So it's that whole thing we said before about people grasping up people to the government or just yeah. like try- looking for something to moan about. Someone to talk to, I guess. Yeah. The neighbours are playing music. It's. I think it becomes an issue, um, where, like, and it, it becomes a point of contention when you are trying to do the right thing, and you cannot abide by people willfully doing the wrong thing. Like, so I kind yeah. of understand. You almost get, um, you almost get jealous of the way that they flout the rules. Like, well, why can't I do that? When in reality, it's like, well. You can, but you're being you're trying to have like a moral head on you and and not do it. Like I get pissed off at like there's 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 neighbours across the street from us who every Saturday night they have a load of people around and they have a big party and I get fucking legit pissed off at it. Not because I care for any any of their fucking health. It's like do what you want, but there is a, there there is a sense of jealousy about it, which is like well. I can't do that, and you shouldn't be doing that, and like it's it, it's it's irritating. But I wouldn't report them. Like yeah. it is, it is what it is. People are going to be fucking stupid. I just have why, to. Why can't you do that? Out of, like the rationalization in your head of you're jealous of them doing it because you can't. I could. Yeah, basically, I can't bring myself to flout the rules like that. Basically. Well, you're growing radishes. I mean, that's got to be illegal, <laughs> right? I'm not breaking any rules. Uh, there's well, too many radishes here. Are you staying two metres away from these radishes at all times? Those radishes aren't two metres apart. (laughs) My garden's not that big. I mean, well, so because you feel like you rigidly um, obey the rules, that somebody breaking them, you feel like there's part of you that wishes you were able to do that? A little bit. um, And it's, it's weird because it's not something that I feel with people that, like break the law like if i if 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 i if someone robs a place there's no part of me that's like oh, i wish i could rob a place yeah jealous of that <laughs> <bank> <laughs> like uh, it's a different kind of pissed off it's that kind of like putting salt and vinegar in soup like someone does that oh you're not meant to put vinegar in soup i don't know you're probably not right oh, i wish i could do that yeah, guys, the guys the beyond soup. rebellion yeah yeah ah fair enough mm. I don't know. I've never, I've never quite. But again, black and white thinking. I just go. Most people, every. I've just. I've gone from eighty percent of people are idiots to everybody is an idiot. Yeah. You just have to accept. Everyone's that, got blind spots. Everyone, like that's, that's it. Yeah. It's just going. Well, you know, I can't control what that person was doing. They're an idiot. I'm an idiot, and I shouldn't try and do that. Um, apparently, elsewhere, oh, in, elsewhere in America, in DC, uh, a guy said his neighbour called the police on him for lifting weights in his front garden. Well, that's <laughs> I don't know. Wish I could and lift weights in my front garden. I've been doing it in my back garden. I can do it in my front like, garden. Nothing, it's got to be breaking. There's nothing actually rules. wrong with that, is there? Like you're allowed no. to lift weights on your property. Well, 
I guess someone walking past your front garden might be within. Oh fuck that's off! It's my front garden. Tea. Go fuck yeah. yourself! I can stand on my drive. <laughs> and in California, people have been alerting authorities if they hear neighbours coughing or sneezing indoors. <laughs> Call the police. I don't know. Everyone just misunderstanding Uh, everything that's going on, right? I mean, and the idea is everybody's meant to get sick. It's just not at the same time. So everyone's going to be coughing and sneezing at some point. Shut the fuck up and chill out. Yeah, it's just bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, so that's um, uh, that's the Geneva Ginevra um, stuff. I do have a long story. I'm trying to remember. About uh, that time, and I did go on quite a rant about abortion that could probably be cut out. So why not add a little bit more with a long story? <laughs> <laughs> and you got abortion. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a long story here that I just thought was funny, but I don't know if it is. I just found it inherently funny for very small parts. Um, I'll go through it very quickly. It's like three pages, but basically. Paul Fronzak was 10 when he went hunting for Christmas presents in his parents' basement. He pushed aside a sofa, found a cruel space, and he discovered three mysterious boxes full of letters, sympathy cards, and newspaper clippings. Oh, isn't that, isn't that lovely? One headline read, 200 are searching for the stolen baby. Another read, mother asks her kidnapper to return the baby. He recognised his parents in the pictures, looking distraught and much younger. Then he read that the baby was him. Wow! <laughs> Wow, that's me, he thought. (laughs) It was a sensational tale. On the 26th of April, 1964, his mother, Dora Fronzak, I think that's how you pronounce it, F-O-R-N-C-Z-A-K, had given birth to a baby boy in the Michael Reese Hospital in Chicago. She nursed the baby throughout the day, then when he wasn't sleeping with the other babies in the nursery, but the following morning, a woman dressed as a nurse just came into her room took the baby to be examined by a doctor and just never returned. So just her baby was just taken by somebody dressed up as a nurse. The largest manhunt in Chicago's history was then launched, involving 175,000 postmen. All right, it's the, I don't know, it's the 50s. <laughs> Send the postman out. <laughs> Not a figure I imagined. I mean, I guess, yeah, you should use the postal service to find your baby, right? They're out on the streets already. Well, it used to be the you milk know, carton if... thing, didn't it? Put the face on the milk yeah. carton. Put the face <laughs> on the postman. from milk cartons to postman yeah. to the police. <laughs> um, also 200 police officers and the FBI, but 175,000 postal workers. Um, they searched houses, but they didn't find anybody. Um, so Paul, the little 10-year-old who found the pictures of his kidnapped newspaper clippings, ran upstairs with a handful of clippings to ask his mother if they were about him. His mother reacted angrily, telling him off for snooping. Then she admitted, yes, you were kidnapped, we found you, we love you, and that's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Get over it. We did. that special, right? We found you, we love you, you were kidnapped, now fuck off. But the story goes deeper. Um, he didn't bring up the subject for 40 years. Um, but after 40 years, he, wasn't, he still wasn't satisfied. And uh, he went back into the crawl space for, to look for more. Um, so the baby... So this goes, this goes all to Pulp Fiction, right? So back when the baby was kidnapped, two years after the kidnap, 
uh, Dora and Chester received a letter from the FBI saying a toddler had been found in New Jersey who matched their son's description. The FBI, the FBI began to test the hunch that it, was the, that it was the child they were missing. But there wasn't much to go on. There was no record of their blood type, nor had the, pos- had the hospital taken the baby's fingerprints or the footprints. All they had was a photo. <laughs> <laughs> you were a baby, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we found it. We found him. <laughs> Um, apparently, the only like unique identifier was the ear of the baby in the photo looked like the ear of the baby in New Jersey, and so they found that baby. <laughs> uh, they ended up testing over ten thousand boys that could possibly be Paul, and I was the only one that they could they couldn't fully exclude. So he, I guess he had a fucked up ear. Uh, back then, the FBI was the elite authority, and when they tell you something, you believe it. <laughs> so. The FBI just told this woman and her husband, we found your baby, this is your baby, we've got no evidence for it, but look at that fucked up here. <laughs> right? And just kind of, there you go. And she felt peer pressured into accepting it as their child. Wow. <laughs> because it was a national news story. Yeah. Like, all cameras were pointed at her. She said uh, she, could either, she could either say, I'm not sure, and put this child back into the system, or say, yes, that's my son, even if it wasn't, to save this child what could be a horrible life. I'm assuming an orphaned life, you know. Christ. I might as well just cut the losses and this is Paul now, I guess. <laughs> and if he ever brings it up, I'll tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, she, so she was never convinced that he was... No. He was the right, right the, one. The story does go on a lot longer, um, but I'll sum up a little bit. Um, the parents were, you know, in the end, quite loving parents, if a little overprotective, because, you know, you got kidnapped once. Lost the first one. Um, Paul yeah. 2.0. <laughs> 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 oh, new Paul. All right, well, I guess it doesn't matter as much if we lose him, yeah. but people will, people will talk. Uh, they were loving parents. Uh, Paul was sent to a Catholic school with a strict dress code, but he grew up loving rock and roll and long hair. Once, during a heated argument over the length of his hair, his mother said, I wish they'd never found you. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, no hints, no clues. Like, Just... don't you mean, don't you mean you wish I was never born? <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that's technically I don't right know there. that <laughs> you were born. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know who the fuck you are, Gareth, or whatever it is. <laughs> But just that level of thin ice. Oh, Mum, I'm thinking about growing my hair my hair long. I wish they'd never fucking found you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, the article does go on. Basically, he asked his parents if they'd ever, like, when he was older, have you ever wondered if I'm actually your son? Should we find out? They did, like, Ancestry.com or whatever DNA thing. The parents changed their minds and said, no, we don't need to. You're our son. You know, we don't we don't need to question that at all, so... You know, you're our son to us. Uh, but he ignored them and got them done anyway. Uh, he got a phone call about the results. After answering some security questions, he was told there's no remote possibility that he was Paul. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've looked at the science. You're not Paul, OK? Uh, no matter what you think, your blood's not Paul's blood. Oh. OK, he said, everything I thought I knew about myself, my birthday, my medical history, being Polish, being, being Paul. Catholic... <laughs> Even being a Taurus went out the window. <laughs> I'm not a Taurus anymore. <laughs> That's such a Sagittarian thing to do. <laughs> yeah, um, 
he got a phone call from one of the investigators um, who was looking into who he really was. Um, and investigator C.C. Moore rang him on the phone and said, What do you think of the name Jack? She asked. He said, Oh, it's quite a nice name. It's a strong name. It's a good name. She said, Well, that's your name. That's how he found out he was actually Jack Rosenthal. <laughs> and that he was six months older than he thought. <laughs> <laughs> do you like the name Jack? Yeah, well, you're Jack. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Just been given another identity in a really lasting farewell. <laughs> Twice in one lifetime. Well, that's your name. I think coincidentally, he now has the same birthday as uh, his mother, like the uh, adopted mother. So, hey, I've got a new birthday now. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but it's quite tragic news, really. He found out, which I guess makes sense. He was an abandoned baby. You know, police found him in a park... Um, apparently he had a sister who's also missing and uh, yeah, like an alcoholic mother and, uh, uh, and a war PTSD father from Korea mm. so he, he found out he was a part of another family a much worse, much more traumatised family <laughs> hooray! and he gets to lose his ability to be a Taurus so anyway, now he's going on a, on, a, on a mission to exhume the body of his lost sister assuming she's dead <laughs> And um, try and find uh, the new guy. The actual Paul. The real Paul. Dead Paul. Try and find him. Yeah, he's probably dead. And he's going to give him his uh, birth certificate if he finds him. With some kind of weird gesture. <laughs> well, I'm no longer born, and you're now yeah. Paul. Uh, the FBI, if you're interested, decided not to comment on this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty bad press. Dude, slowly put down the phone. <laughs> this is a weird... Why are you calling us? Who is that? Paul. Uh, Jack. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, something about, I don't know. Go, go to that woman's house who was creating a bomb, yeah. an exploded bomb with a Brillo pad. Oh, it's Paul with a weird ear. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's me this week. Ah. Yeah, weird long winding story about a guy <laughs> whose mother didn't want to talk to a him. A guy who isn't Paul. Yeah, you were kidnapped. Shut up. <laughs> All right, fine. Move on. <laughs> um... Yeah. All right, I've got a few things. Um, you, when you go shopping, are a lot of people wearing masks and shit like that? No, no. I don't think it's. I don't think it's been much of a thing over here. But I think in the states, it's like really like kicked off. And like, if you can't I, find a mask, you have to make your own and do some right. kind of face covering thing. It's become like a I've social. Seen like, if I'm on the way to a supermarket, there might be somebody, one person on the street that I see wearing a mask. You catch the odd mask. one or That's two people, it. but it's not like yeah. a. But in the states, everyone it's like everyone's wearing a mask now, even though they haven't, they they don't do anything, and no one's really been told to. Um, anyway, the, yeah. uh, this guy uh, went to his supermarket uh, in his KKK hood. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> people at bay you know it does yeah I don't get talk about fucking this. social distancing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah yeah laundry day he was I asked guess. to remove it and he said no which is fair <laughs> enough <laughs> I'm gonna assume you think of me to have quite strong beliefs uh, I don't believe in taking off my hood <laughs> yeah if you leave the house in it, you've got to keep it on until you get back. <laughs> like, you, you, like it's fucking public suicide if you take it off. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was for a laugh, it's again that weird... Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah. What mask could you wear? What mask could you not? It was Dave the IT guy all along. 
Yeah, I'm a racist. Is, is, is that Plague Doctor? He's just got a different outfit this week. He's just trying to spice things up. <laughs> and it's just like, oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> um, oh, there's two more coronavirus bits and then the other's not coronavirus. Um, upon requesting okay. coronavirus su- supplies, a Native American health centre was sent a large quantity of body bags. <laughs> Instead of masks and gloves, <laughs> can we have some stuff to help us deal with coronavirus? Yeah, here's some, some body bags. bags. Oh, body bags? Yeah. I think it's said money bags. No. Like there's little pouches for coins. No. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> we have every faith in you. Go for <laughs> At least it wasn't itchy blankets, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> some body bags. Uh, We're optimistic about the future. It's a bit grim. Yeah. yeah. Send somewhat of a chill down you. Like, oh, here they come. Here are the masks. Here are the gloves. Finally, we can start healing these these people. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, thanks. I guess. I guess. I guess. And they, they've You're sent like... them more. Like... <laughs> What's that? You want more? We want more supplies. Have you gone through those already? <laughs> we sent you the body bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the masks, guys. The masks, the food, the rations, whatever. Please. We wouldn't need Anybody? these if you sent us the other stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just give up, basically. Yeah. Give up in a post. <laughs> um, last bit of coronavirus stuff. This one from Russia. Um, oh. To survive cr- the coronavirus lo- uh, lockdown, Russia has recommended staying angry at your family for less than 10 minutes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, a guide on surviving lockdown published by Russia's health ministry, uh, it states it's permissible to be angry at, an- angry at other family members, but not for more than three to 10 minutes. Um, the guide says, <laughs> after that, window. you should forgive the other person, which is fair. Okay. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. Just between three and ten minutes. Yeah. It's not even like... That's not even like a measurable window. It's like either between zero and ten minutes, be angry. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. This is the, this is the same oh. paper from the health ministry that also suggested um, that um, in order to, to, to uh, lower um, uh, domestic violence, that, that, that uh, wives should just do what their husbands tell them to do. <laughs> from the government. <laughs> just put simply stop okay <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah um other news uh oh false alarm alert the six foot alligator spotted in brampton ontario turned out to be a beaver so that's good um <laughs> thank god <laughs> this uh this massive six foot beast won't bite you to death but its tail could crush your skull yeah <laughs> <laughs> Giant man-sized beavers are roaming. <laughs> oh, thank God! He was reported they eat and it trees, was... right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it was caught on video by this girl. She was just like, "Oh my God, it's an alligator!" And you watch the video, and it's like, "That's a beaver. That's definitely a beaver. It's not six foot oh, okay. long. It's just a beaver." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it was in the water, so maybe she'd never seen a beaver before. I guess. <laughs> or she'd seen some really yeah. fucking weird looking alligators fur scales yeah you know leathery oh whatever it should yeah on. but they had to shut the area down where they looked for it before they'd watched the video <laughs> and they'd been like no that's a fucking beaver you idiot <laughs> so, 
Someone's reported a six foot tall beaver roaming the. <laughs> Close it down! <laughs> we can't let this get up! It's the size of a fucking polar bear! <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, a uh, a five year old has been pulled over by police on his way to California trying to buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, <that's not> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he got in some argument with his mum, and then pissed and like and like stormed out of the house and stole a car. Screw you! Buy the Lamborghini. Yeah. Why can't you buy one here? No, I'm going to California. Yeah. <laughs> just two just drive to California with three dollars to buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> Very optimistic five year old. I understand. I have money. You have car. This is how it works. <laughs> I've, I, I, I mowed three gardens to get this. I think that's worth a Lamborghini. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I've done my day's work. Hang on, this is all my pocket money and you're saying it's not enough? Yeah. I mean, this weird business model you've got over there, Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. And uh, and finally, uh, in more alligator news, although this was actually an alligator, um, okay. a, a, a 57-year-old Cynthia Covert died on Tuesday after being dragged underwater by an alligator while trying to take a photo with it. Um, uh, <laughs> her husband warned her that an alligator in the area had taken down a deer recently, to which she responded, well, I don't look like a deer. All right, honey. <laughs> All right. Have fun. <laughs> I'm not a deer, Leonard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See if I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, as, she, as she reached out to touch the alligator, to, yeah. why? Um, it grabbed her leg, <laughs> uh, and as her neighbours ran over with a rope to try and pull her to safety, Cynthia very calmly, she described as very calmly, said, well, I guess I won't do this again. <laughs> Before the alligator rolled and dragged her underwater, it's gone. Well, oh bother! Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I guess I've made a mistake. Yeah. Gone. I guess I do look like a. Guess just can't underestimate my own. You know, gamey yeah. features. Oh, just this, just the slightest bit of easing of lockdown measures, and suddenly people start dying in stupid ways again. It's amazing. Yeah, people climbing telephone poles, probably. Yeah. No, so I think that they said they're going to relax, ease up on the sunbathing rules. There are sunbathing rules. What, yeah, the only thing you think of is like going to beaches to sunbathe or going to specific locations. Oh, uh, like you can still sunbathe outside. Yeah, if you want to go in your garden. There's a lot of places where they, they closed they closed public places and things in the states. Like they closed the beaches and shit. Mm. It is weird that people are protesting it, and it does seem strange because there's part of you that does desperately want those people to suffer uncontrollably. Mm. Like for everybody who protested, for them all to get infected and lose. Yeah, but that's just like a weird. That's that whole what you were talking about about like. Uh, you obeying the rules and wanting the people who are breaking the rules to have their comeuppance. Yeah, that kind of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that's going to be weird how it's going to be reported. You know, there's going to be films made about this horrible mess. That's it, horrible messes and it's the gov- it's not the government. It's just, it's just this horrible situation of lots of people isolated. Yeah. Well, we've had outbreak. We've had pandemic, like... 
They, they, yeah. We've had these movies. Yeah, but this is the one that's closest to a movie. And, uh, you know, because when this all happened, people are still in denial about it. Yeah. You know, there were still people planning holidays, planning business trips, planning outings. Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, you know, what if all this happens? No, no, that only happens in the movies. It's like, well, it's kind of happened exactly as it did in some of the movies. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a conspiracy. It just means that it's, uh, well, this is how logically things could have gone. It just seems like a very dull film. Yeah, like it, it but is, it's got to be built to address what happened. Yeah, it is. It is. It is definitely a surreal time to be around. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's dramatic. No, it's only as dramatic as you can get if you're locked in a house. Yeah, but then again, I can't remember who is who's Deadpool. I can't remember his name. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he did Buried. I think was it Buried, a film that was. That took place entirely inside a coffin. Oh, I don't know. I haven't it was, seen uh, that. That was pretty good. Yeah. It was like a guy who was buried alive, and the whole film was from him being buried alive um, from the beginning. So you kind of got to experience all that. And they made that quite dramatic. That was quite, uh, it was quite well done. So maybe they could do the same with self isolation. Mm. You know, you still have sp- some sport. You phone still play booth. tennis. That was the thing where he was in a phone booth the whole time. Was that. F- oh, yeah. But that, but the one that was a weird one because I think that was the only forty-five minute film I've ever seen. Oh, what was the what was the Danny Boyle one? Um, where he was he was trapped in the in the rocks. Oh, 127 yeah. hours. Yeah, but to be fair, only a little. I'd say from memory, only about fifty percent of that film happened with him by the rocks. Did it? That was quite funny though. Yeah, there was all like the before, and I think there was like the search party or the non-search party or whatever. But. There was less of him being in the rocks that I remember, but my memory could just be bad. It's been a while since I've seen it. It was a good film, though. Yeah, I I liked it. Yeah, Vix refuses to watch it. She's never seen it. I said, it's it's a good film. You should watch it. She's like, no, never, ever. And, and like, I've suggested it so many times now that she just won't, out of spite. Okay. Why? Because of gore? No. She just doesn't like the concept of it. So, like, no, it'll be... Self-mutation. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a weird sticking point with her. Like, to the point where she legitimately gets angry about it now. Okay. <laughs> Marriage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unconditional <laughs> anger about, uh, about random things. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, still regular stuff going on. Still lockdown-y stuff going on. Yeah. We'll see what happens with these, uh, yeah, this lockdown easement but it's not going to be anything crazy it's like well instead of six people at every funeral you can now have seven Ooh, oh, that's lovely isn't it yeah maybe we can now we can invite the one that died hooray yeah bring their spirit in with us so yeah i don't think it's going to be anything big it's just going to be not going to be like oh now you can go to the gym or now you can go out this now they'll be like well now you can go out twice a day or no they can already go out Loads of people are confused about these rules, but from what I've read, you're able to go out and exercise once a day, and you're able to go to the shops once a day every three days. So that's kind. You're meant to do your three-day shop when you go out once a day for your food shop. So you should only need to go to the shop twice a week. I didn't know about this at all. I go to the yeah, shop pretty much every day. Yeah, like I say, nobody's obeying these rules to the letter. They're just being like, "Well, I'm staying at home." Yeah. So all the easements are probably going to be things that everybody's already doing. Yeah. I think unlimited exercise was one thing that was broached. Was like, be careful with that. Don't want people walking out outside twice a day or three times a day. Or whatever. Well, I, well, no, to be fair, I go to the shop 
if not every day, then every other day. But I don't do the daily exercise thing. So maybe that, maybe my walk no. to the shop counts. No, because you're, you're socially building around other people, aren't you? I don't care. You are the problem. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're what's the wrong with the world. So right. that's, what they're, that's what they're trying to do is protect the world. And you're going, you know what, fuck you. I'm going to spread as much as I can. I see. I've seen lots of people cough on people. Um, but I've never been coughed on. I don't know what that says about my place and my community. That you don't really go um, outside? Not enough to get coughed on. No, it's a bit, <laughs> I haven't been coughed on. Another guy where I work has been. Yeah, it's just like, the, like there's, a, there's a shop near me that like, is run by a family and the family just has a few chromosomes missing, I think, mm. or a few brain cells missing. And so like they're behind cling film, but they'll cough into the money that they're handing you back. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, but they've got, there's a load of other weird things going on with it. But they're nice people. It's just, it's never happened to me. For some reason, I've commanded the respect of not being coughed on. Yeah. Little victories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may be going out of my mind, but I'm not being accosted by the community yet. That's good. Yeah. It's when the pitchforks, is, pitchforks start to arrive and the flaming torches. <laughs> Burn the bald beard man. Maybe he'll save it. Forget the Belgian secret llama. Just burn him. Burn him because he's a horrible being. So I'm at next... I'm at Steve. (laughs) Yeah, we're at Pulling Teeth Pod on Twitter and Instagram and we're Pulling Teeth Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, you can email us at wisdom at pullingteethpodcast.com with your stories and your weird videos and sound bites and questions and anything else. And you can find everything that uh, that we do everywhere at pullingteethpodcast.com. Yeah, and we're on YouTube. Yeah, Um, watch and subscribe and everything. Subscribe. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the best way to get through to us, I guess, is on that. But yeah, any of the things listed above. It's a fun time. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm sure Steve will still go about breaching all the lockdown rules, like going to multiple shops multiple times and sneezing at everybody, as he always has been. And I'll, uh, I'll just maintain in the dark void that is my existence right now. Yeah. So. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>